Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Is that the full poop? From our nation's capital, it is Tuesday, November 15, 2022, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. What's up? I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 665 of the Biden-Harris administration, 721 days until the 24 presidential election. Get ready. Right around the corner, isn't it? (laughs) Can't believe we're doing that now. Find me on Instagram at the Bob Seska, Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go, Patreon, BobSeskaShow.com, and my link tree is in the description. Plus, you can follow Buzz Burbank at Michael J. Elston on Twitter, link in the description. And uh, there he is sitting right over there. When you say Buzz Burbank. It's okay, it's all right. You said it's it all. Right. <laughs> no, no, it's it's okay. He pays me in crypto. So it's I'm all set. Thanks. <laughs> hi. Hi. Oh, hi. 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 Good to see you. Hi, everybody. Hi, Bob. What's uh, up? He, he is Bob. I'm Buzz. And we think we're ready to wean ourselves off Tums. <laughs> oh, my stomach. Uh, great to work with Mary Trump last week. Oh, and, yeah. And thank you so much for that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you don't know this, but after you and Jody hung up, uh, Mary and I were still on the line. Wow. And we got into an argument about who has the sillier last name. <laughs> I'm sorry, she wins. I won't say who took which side. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Democrats, Democrats scored an historic Senate victory last week. How about that? Yeah. And it means Mitch McConnell won't ever get to be majority leader ever, ever again. Aww. Uh, McConnell is said to be so depressed he was seen packing his shell. <laughs> No longer turtly enough for the turtle club, I see, yeah. Uh, but whatever you do, don't worry too much about Dr. Oz's future. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand he's next in line to run Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> These are great. Uh, young voters really stepped up in this election. We're so grateful. Mm-hmm. Young voters were so active in this election. Uh, Republicans now want to raise the voting age to 50. <laughs> Hey, you know what? That's not too far off. They were talking about 21 the other day. Yeah. I I do. I do find it amusing that people who denied election results were defeated by election results. (laughs) The irony. Yeah. Oh, and man, the drought, the drought out west uh, must have gotten really bad now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yesterday, I heard a lake dried up in Arizona. (laughs) All right. Kicking off a brand new week with Rocky Mountain Mike and this little ditty about Carrie Lake. Who's gonna buy that election denier? 
MNCN Mike on Twitter for now. Yeah. Nicely done. Uh, you wow. know what? I have no idea what song that is. What song that's based I, on. I, You know, I know it and I can't name it. Uh, so <laughs> we both just, just lost on Name That Tune. See, now I thought it was because I'm a, a Gen X guy and I didn't grow up with that song, whatever it happens to be. But I don't know. You know, what? it could be a song that was within my generation. I have no idea. So. It, it, it was a hit, and uh, I know the song. I love the melody. I don't remember the name of the original song or who recorded it. So yeah, yeah. that means Rocky Mountain Mike now owns this song. So there you go. <laughs> yes, it's like a reverse stump the band, isn't it? That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah well, uh, Katie Hobbs won in Arizona last night, declared as official winner of that uh, gubernatorial Ooh. campaign. What a relief. Which means I don't have to say gubernatorial again for another couple of years. That's great. I wondered, because of the spelling, is it more properly pronounced gubernatorial? Is it gubernatorial? I don't know. Because there's an R, there's an R in there yeah, that everyone R. ignores and pretends yeah, yeah. isn't there. I, you know what everyone does? They try to avoid saying gubernatorial altogether. That's right. Because, they, yeah, that's Governor's what I race. do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, governor races, I think that's the preferred nomenclature. <laughs> yeah, but uh, great news about Arizona there. Carrie Lake sent packing just in time to probably run against Kirsten Cinema in 2024. Uh, just, just to make, give you uh, a little tweak of your anxiety here uh, early in the show, because that's mm. probably what's going to happen. She's probably going to run for Senate, which means Kirsten Cinema needs to start kissing the asses of liberal voters right about now. Good luck with that, too. Yeah. You know, the great thing about Warnock winning once he does on December 6th, mm. uh, the great thing about that is it eliminates the importance of, of either mansion or cinema as the case may be. Yeah. And as you've just indicated in uh, cinema's case, and I think the same will be true of mansion, both will be uh, in that situation under more pressure to perform for the left than for the right. And yes. remember also Manchin was recently burned on that energy deal where uh, the Republicans were behind him, they were behind him, and then suddenly they weren't. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so his attempt to build a bipartisanship failed, failed. He found out he can't work with those people after all. Yeah. Uh, and, and now they hate him. Republicans hate him. So he's in a tough spot. <laughs> he, can only, he can only lean more Democratic now, especially 
uh, if we end up with uh, 51 plus one in the Senate. Yeah, and as he said, it's one or the other. We could stand to lose one or the other on a vote and still get by with what would end up being 50 votes plus Kamala Harris because if Warnock wins, that eliminates that duopoly they've had on the Senate for all this time, uh, Manchin and Cinema. And and with a razor, if I may interject this because I think it's relevant to what we're talking about here, uh, we're looking at a Manchin Cinema type situation for Republicans in the House. If if they win, if they win the House by one or two votes, it's only going to take two or three contrarians to screw up everything they try to do. Exactly. If that if is if that weren't enough, the Democratic Senate will squash it and the Democratic President will squash it. Mm-hmm. But they may not even be able to get it out of their own committees, uh, considering the contrarians they have among them and the infighting that's occurring. Uh, it, uh, Bob, the the House Republicans are in disarray. <laughs> Yeah, Republicans in disarray. Perfect. Yeah. And you know what? If I'm Nancy Pelosi and I'm Steny Hoyer right about now, uh-huh. I'm going around to the least MAGA-motivated Republicans. Right. And say, hey, you know what? You want your own committee? Yeah, well, you just come over to our side and we'll, we'll help you out on that front. I mean, some horse trading has got to be going on behind the scenes. Uh, Schumer, I think, is all over this and has uh, already reached across the aisle, as it were, uh, his way of, of applying some pressure to Republicans by inviting them to cooperate. Interesting. Uh, and and uh, so, it, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. How, how many Republicans begin to defect, especially considering the infighting and and uh, the exacerbation of the situation by Donald Trump's third candidacy? Yeah, I want to start looking at some of the current House Republicans and figure out which ones are flippable. And I'm not talking about flipping on a vote or something like that or flipping on a vote in a committee. I'm talking about actually leaving the Republican Party. All you need is a few at this point. If it ends up being, whatever, 219, 220 seats for the Republicans, all you need is, uh, what, three seats to flip over to being an independent that might caucus with Democrats in order to make up that difference. It's entirely possible. I wouldn't rule something out like that. Uh, That's something that if, uh, you know, Democratic leadership in the House is smart and Nancy Pelosi has proved herself to be smart, same with Steny Hoyer, I think these are moves that could be uh, negotiated, and it's not outside the realm of possibility. We've seen it happen before, where the balance of power, who was it, Uh, Arlen Specter, back Uh in 2009, Change parties from I I, oh, right. I want to say Pennsylvania Senator Arlen yeah Spector, exactly yeah. he mm-hmm. was uh, also famous for the Warren Commission being a lawyer on the Warren Commission and in right. 2009 he was a Republican starting into that Congress and flipped to being God this is a distant memory of mine I have no idea if sure. it was you were Democrat six, or I think, at the time. <laughs> Yes. I don't remember if he became an independent or a straight up Democrat. I'm leaning toward a straight up Democrat. And that helped to tip the balance of power and give the Democrats a 60 vote supermajority in the Senate there for a very brief period of time until Ted Kennedy died. And so uh, that's always a possibility on the table. So don't rule that out. Think You may wake up to a surprise one of these days between now and January. We can hope. And it's good to have goals, aspirations, hopes, and dreams. And some of these things may come to pass and some may not. These are things that could be, things that Mm -hmm. might be. But but we, I can think and be pretty sure of some of the things that will be happening in the days and months ahead. And except for the Republicans winning a very narrow majority in the House, uh, this is amazing. We're stronger than ever today. I feel, don't you feel, I think a lot of people do, that a great angst has been lifted off of us now that we're 
past the election. You and have it's no not idea. Just, yeah. It's not just that. Uh, John Stewart was talking about this, but it's not just the ads going away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's the fear going away. Yeah. It's yeah. The, the will will there be democracy? Will there be violence? Well, we got past the election, and yes, we have democracy, and we had no measurable violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a huge victory, and I think we should take a moment. That's why I said we're trying to wean ourselves off Tums because <laughs> we we were eating those like Tic Tacs uh, <laughs> prior to the election. Yeah, and 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 now I just don't feel the stress that I I felt before. I see the urgency. I see the work that needs to be done. I see the prosecutions that need to be done. I, there are hills to climb, but not like we were facing before this election. Did you say eating Tums? I've been taking them anally. Uh, is that wrong? <laughs> Should I not have been doing that? Is that well, unhealthy, you know, dangerous? It's, actually, it's not unwise to take them at both ends, but <laughs> attack that acid from both directions. Yes, indeed. So uh, Trump plans to announce something tonight. Maybe an ex- <laughs> maybe he's you know going to announce, as everyone's predicting, that he's going to announce as a Republican candidate for the primary, which yeah. is probably what's going to happen. Although, yeah. It's also possible that he could, and this is uh, credit where credit is due, this is more or less Hal Sparks's theory, which is that he's going to declare himself to be starting a exploratory committee. Yeah. Which is kind of, sort of running, but not quite running. Gives him a, an out See, to say, you know, I don't have the money, I don't have the polling support. But that, but he's not going to do that. That's like such such a yeah, half measure. That's, yeah, yeah. That's an, and that's not Trump. That's not right. Trumpian. Right. Uh, Trumpian is to go all the way with it. I Yeah, he's, let's just face it, he's going to announce tonight uh, a third attempt at, at president and maybe this is a good time to, to talk about it. Rachel Maddow last night uh, talked about uh, the timing of this. The mm-hmm. subject was Trump's timing on making this announcement. Uh, it, it Just yesterday uh, he defied a subpoena of the January 6th committee. Um, yep. We don't know where that's going to go, but that's illegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, also yesterday, we learned what we kind of knew before, but now we have proof. The inspector general at the IRS is investigating audits that uh, were done on James Comey and uh, McCabe at the FBI uh, at Trump's behest. Uh, we have uh, his longest-serving chief of staff, John Kelly, saying Trump asked for these audits. So, it, and 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 it's a crime to ask for them. It's a crime further to carry them out. So there's a crime there as well. Uh, we still have the Georgia grand jury uh, investigating his election interference. We have the DOJ investigating the stolen classified documents. We have uh, Manhattan prosecutors uh, is, is charging his tax his company with tax fraud. Yep. We have the New York Attorney General's civil suit regarding Trump's company fraud. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's the insurrection itself being investigated by both the J6 committee and the Department of Justice. These are the circumstances. This is the timing under which uh, Trump will give the whiniest speech of his career tonight <laughs> in, in announcing his presidency. And, and I'm not yeah. ruling out the idea that he's going to announce as a third party, that his big announcement's going to include the formation of the MAGA party you know, or whatever it is, which wow. is, again, another possibility, very distinct possibility. I, I don't know. Yeah, that would be interesting because I understand he's invited 
a number of lawmakers, uh, members of Congress, Republican members of Congress, to Mar-a-Lago tonight. Uh, this was originally <laughs> dicey. I, on Sunday, I was looking at. I almost tweeted about this because I was looking ahead from Sunday at the next three days: the Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And I knew that on Monday was the deadline for Trump to comply with the J6 committee, and we knew he wouldn't. Yeah, uh, yeah. That he would he would uh, d defy that subpoena. Uh, I knew that Tuesday was the day, the original day that House leadership uh, that that the House was to elect their new leadership. Now they've put that off, but that was how it looked on <laughs> Sunday. Mm -hmm. So and then and then that evening, uh, maybe that day, we didn't know at the time, Trump would be announcing his candidacy. No, so does a. Washington and and on Wednesday the Senate was supposed to choose its leadership which has now also been delayed. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine senators and representatives Republicans leaving Washington for Mar-a-Lago to miss that leadership vote to be at his announcement. Yeah. So well now their their calendars are clear so they can they're free to show up. Sure. Let's wa let's watch for that tonight. Let's look for familiar faces. In, and not that I, and I recommend anybody watch this, but it'll be on video somewhere, and there'll be still photos, and we'll be able to discern which Republican lawmakers showed up. And as you just indicated, that'll be even more interesting if he goes third party. Now, this is I may be going way out on a limb with this observation, Buzz, and, uh, and that ahead. is that— uh, <laughs> and this is so weird to say this in this context, in the context of Donald Trump, but it looks like he is losing weight. And you can see it in his face. He doesn't have that mm -hmm. bloat that he had, certainly not in 2016, certainly not throughout his presidency. We know that his diet is awful. We know that uh, he loves hamburgers and burnt steak with ketchup and two scoops of ice cream with his the, meals. The and beautiful chocolate cake. Big, beautiful chocolate cake enjoyed by President Xi of China, etc. But it looks like now he's losing weight. And he's not the kind of guy that I imagine would diet, and he's certainly not the kind of person who exercises. In fact, his point of view on exercise is that crazy old wives' tale that we all have a certain number of heartbeats in our lives, mm -hmm. and after right. we've run out of those heartbeats, that's when we die. Like, there's a preordained number of heartbeats that everyone gets. So, yeah, and if you yeah. exercise and make your heart rate go faster, well, you're using up more of your heartbeats. Well, that's what he, he thinks. He, he gets around it completely because his heart doesn't beat at all. <laughs> well, the question is, why is he losing weight then? Is he sick? Is he on some sort of medication that makes him is lose it, weight? Is it stress? It could be that too. I mean, there is a lot of stress. I mean, in one of my favorite phrases from Lawrence O'Donnell's show in the past six months or so has been describing Donald Trump's sleep struggle. And so, so, you know, if you're a guy who's pushing 80 <laughs> and you're only getting three, four hours of sleep at night, that's going to have a negative effect on your health as well as your diet and lifestyle and all the rest of it. But if you take a look, I know the common wisdom, the conventional wisdom, especially on the left is, oh, look at uh, tubby Donald Trump. But uh, he's lo he's definitely losing weight. And so just keep an eye on that. It's nothing that's monumental at this point, nothing worth uh, placing a bet on or anything along those lines. But just keep an eye on his health. This is another thing that Hal mm -hmm. Sparks has been talking about now yeah, that I come to think I'm of it. This. I'm yeah. with this. Yeah. Hal Sparks has been talking about how I think one of the primary reasons Hal Sparks thought that Trump wouldn't run for president again is because of his health. 
and that he may just be too exhausted to do it again. And He's the kind of guy who would run even if he knew he had three months to live. Yeah, absolutely. So that's not going to keep him from running, but it's going to be an interesting factor in all of this on top of the idea that at least for now, and of course anything can change as we get farther and farther from the midterms, but at least for now, the Red Hat Entertainment Complex is turning on him. Ben Shapiro, Candace Owens, some mm-hmm. of the others are, are saying, well, maybe this is not the guy going forward. Maybe he should have uh, circulated some of that money he's been collecting from the suckers. Maybe he should have helped out some of these campaigns. Maybe our fortunes would have been better if he wasn't such a cheapskate. Maybe things would be better for the Republican Party if he didn't constantly uh, uh, taint the entire conversation with his nonsense. These are all things coming not from the left. This is stuff coming from you know, his cheerleaders in the entertainment complex. And so in that regard, he's not making any friends at this point. There are a lot of people now, and I think this is the major difference, Buzz, between previous elections when they forgave Charlottesville or they forgave the Access Hollywood tape or even January 6th to an extent. This is different. This is a case where they have an heir apparent now. They've settled on someone else. They, they're on to a replacement. It's like mm-hmm. that 55-year-old guy who you know, divorces his 40-year-old wife and settles for someone who's 23. You know, they've got the new blood, and that is Ron DeSantis, which, as far as I'm concerned, is a mistake. It's not, I don't think he's the guy, but they've chosen Ron DeSantis as their replacement, and I don't know if that toothpaste or that meatball goes back into the spaghetti. I don't know. If, I don't know. I'm, I'm losing my metaphors here, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. uh, you got toothpaste in my spaghetti. Yeah. Uh, listen, I don't care how gaunt Trump gets. He'll always be a fat ass to me. <laughs> so, but, but we'll watch that. Hey, here's another dynamic. I could be wrong about this, and I, I don't mean anything sexist by this, but but I, here's what I see. What I see is uh, male cheerleaders for Trump beginning to back away. Interesting. But but the your Lauren Boberts, your Carrie Lakes, uh, mm-hmm. your Marjorie Taylor Greens are clinging tighter than ever yeah. to this guy. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they if uh, his female supporters, uh, most vocal public female supporters, will be the last to go. Yeah, we've been talking about for all this time about the frustration of the done with COVID movement. I uh-huh. think the American people. I think one of the big takeaways from this midterm, and I'm not breaking uh-huh. any news with this, is that right. Americans are done with Trump. I think that's it, the one of the major takeaways, I think. Yes, yes. And we can't say that enough. I'm glad you repeated that. It it needs to be said more often. In fact, America is tired, weary, and done with Trump. Yeah. And it was that way in 2020. I mean, basically, he's lost three elections in a row. 2018, 2020, 2022. Obviously, you can make arguments about 2016, but in in a technical sense, he was acknowledged as the president out of the 2016 election. But in these three elections, the American people, uh, the vast majority of American people are saying, eh, no, no more. No more of this shit. Mm-hmm. We're, we're done with this. The drama. Yeah, They're we're done the with the, the awfulness and the fascism and the misogyny and the racism and the violence and constantly othering half the country. This is one of the things that always strikes me about Donald Trump is uh, that I think no they're tired other... of the whining. I think they're yeah, tired the of the whining. yelling. Yeah. They're tired of the yelling and the whining. That's what they're really tired of. Not yeah. so much the content, just the noise. Yeah, exactly right. There is no scenario, as far as I'm concerned, there is no scenario in which Donald Trump becomes president again. I just I cannot imagine. I agree. It. And, and, I agree. and for a while there, even after twenty after the uh, twenty twenty election, certainly, but after the insurrection and the aftermath of that. 
even then I was kind of going, well, if he did run again, he may have a chance. But now, after everything else that has occurred, after his continued awful behavior and the more crimes that stack up, it just seems increasingly unlikely that he would get enough votes. He has been so marginalized now, and now his own party is beginning to marginalize him. Yes. And that is unlike any other thing that we've seen in the past. We've never seen this kind of attempted exodus or this type of criticism about Donald Trump. I mean, let's, I mean, if you go through the scenarios, game out the scenarios, find me a scenario in which Donald Trump becomes the nominee and then goes on to win a general election. I mean, there would have to be some significant outside event that would somehow propel him forward through all of that. But he is facing a hostile Republican Party. He is facing a popular challenger in Ron DeSantis, plus a would-be field of a couple of dozen others, including Mike Pence, who's very clearly going to run for president. He didn't say over the weekend, <laughs> but he's, he certainly hinted along those lines that he's going to run, and he's not doing terribly. I mean, I think he's, what is he polling, like fourth or fifth or something like that, if you even believe <laughs> the polls anymore? But the fact is that Donald Trump will not make it through the primaries, and because he won't make it through the primaries, he is going to destroy the Republican Party in the process. I keep, I predicted this long, long, long ago, that the first primary that he loses, he will go to war against the RNC, against the other Republican candidates, against the state government of whatever state that is where they held the primary that he lost. I, this is a guy who does not take losing very well, and now imagine him losing to other other Republicans. That's where I think the real division is going to take place. That's where the real uh, precipice is going to open up between Donald Trump and the Republican Party. And I am well. all there for that. I can't, <laughs> I can't wait for it, provided he runs. And again, I'm still kind of in that place where I, I just... <laughs> you don't want to believe it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just... Uh, how many times can we be Charlie Brown with a football? This you know? time I'm going to kick that football clear to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> well, and suddenly tonight I, he decides to back off and not announce a damn thing. You know, we'll we'll see. We'll see. I, okay, here here are my responses to okay. all of that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, first, call me when Pence makes it to third place <laughs> okay. in that poll. And 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 secondly, uh, Republicans dropped uh, Trump faster than Oprah do dropped Doctor Oz. And <laughs> yeah. tonight, tonight Trump launches the biggest failure of his life. Yes. Plus, he is going to be blamed if he does announce tonight. And pe you oh, people yeah. of the future listening to the show know better than we this do. Is true. It, this it, is true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when that happens, he is uh -huh. going to screw Georgia. He is going to screw the Herschel Walker campaign. Truth. Yeah, because you put Donald Trump front and center in full-on campaign mode, that makes him the story. That makes him the centerpiece of the political news, uh, especially on the Republican side, especially on the electoral side. You know, look at all the people he endorsed in, in this last election, and he went to their states and stood out in the middle of a field in the middle of red nowhere and gave these speeches. <laughs> and the, the he didn't talk about the candidates much at all. Uh, he, he got up on stage and talked about himself and yeah. did more whining and did more yelling, and uh, but nothing helpful. I mean, he he, he really he showed up, but for his own benefit, not for the benefit of those candidates, mm -hmm. and 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 they suffered because of it. Uh, footnote to that: uh, hilarious how nearly all of Ted Cruz's people lost, all the people yeah. he endorsed as he was going around shooting off his big mouth. Oh yeah, yeah, they well, all lost. 
And now, as an additional firewall for 2024, election denier Republicans lost governor's races in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Kansas, Massachusetts, Maryland, Maine, Michigan, Minnesota, New York, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. Notice some of those states happen to be swing states. Important states for 2024, and now they've got Democratic governors. Yeah, Even Republicans didn't like the idea of these folks overturning a popular vote. Even Republican voters did not tolerate the idea of a governor. And and the same thing, by the way, Bob, in the Secretary of State's races around the country. uh, Nearly all of the election deniers for those offices were defeated. And it was because voters, red and blue, Mm -hmm. didn't want somebody overturning the results of the popular vote. Right. One of the reasons why I'm so relieved coming out of this election, because I feel like the American people recognized, and this came down, I think Michael Beschloss observed this on MSNBC Mm -hmm. the other night, which is that uh, when I think the American voters, when the American people are facing something that is existential, something that will affect our way of life here in the United States, they tend to step up to the plate, whether that was 1941 and World War II or after 9-11, certainly right now when it comes to the threat against democracy. And I've been saying this for a week now, but credit where credit is due. Joe Biden defied the pollsters, defied cable news, defied the political press, and reinforced the idea that this election was uh, about democracy, which as far as I'm concerned, also includes abortion. Inflation. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean. No, it was inflation, Bob. No, I'm I'm being sarcastic. (laughs) And, and, but you remember, but you were talking about the people uh, standing up for democracy. Mm -hmm. You remember just like a week, 10 days ago, we weren't sure if they would. Yeah, I know. I know. I was certainly feeling that way. They did. They did. They absolutely did. And that is one of the reasons why I'm feeling so good coming out of this election, because Uh everyone knows, I've certainly made no secret about it on this show, that I was feeling pretty disillusioned about my fellow American voters, certainly after COVID, certainly after what we were hearing, mostly over exaggerated, (laughs) but about uh, inflation and gas prices superseding democracy. We've what? We've gone from, we've gone from disillusioned to deeply concerned. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, I think that's a valid thing to yes. say because yes. this isn't the end. This isn't no. the last no. battle in the war. This is one of many. You have to now once but, we're done celebrating, we need to hunker down once again and focus on expanding our numbers for 2024. You're right, and I had mentioned the hills we have yet to climb. Maybe this will put the proper spin on it, which is, yeah, we do still have hills to climb, but again, they're going to be nothing like what we've just been through. Yeah. We can breathe a sigh of relief here. We can celebrate here. What we have accomplished here is major. It's historic. Mm-hmm. It's it's maintaining control of Congress in a midterm election. Well, this just doesn't happen. It speaks very well to uh, for us and very poorly for the, for the opposition. Yeah. So we're in a strong position now to move forward, which is also going to make climbing those future hills easier. Yeah. I mean, I was talking a second ago about those challenges that American voters tend to rise to face uh, in right. times of difficulty, this being one of those cases. Mm-hmm. But in, in previous instances where the party in power actually 
secured or gained seats in Congress, there were also existential threats. You had 1934 with FDR. There was the Great Depression. The people were right. uh, happy and excited about the New Deal and rewarded FDR because of that. But again, you're talking about uh, a crisis that could have decimated the American way of life with the Great Depression. Then you had 1962. Came very close. Yeah, 1962 and JFK, right after the Cuban Missile Crisis, where there was another existential crisis, a war with Soviet Russia, uh, a nuclear war at that. Right. And, and that was narrowly avoided. But I think that was a reaction to the possibility that that sort of thing was on the table. And I think they were, American voters were rewarded JFK for and deservingly so for his actions in the Cuban Missile Crisis. Then George W. Bush in 2002, Americans reacting to 9-11. And so you put that in the context with this past election, this past midterm. Makes sense. And and Biden's immense uh, performance in this, Biden's Democratic Party doing so well. That's a statement. That's a statement about how at risk American democracy is, how at risk human rights are when you're talking about the issue of abortion. Uh, and then you go down the line, guns and climate crisis. These are all existential things that American people are facing, and they recognize that the Republican Party is not the party to solve them, that the Democratic Party is, you know, uh, decent and competent and filled with experts, and they do the work rather than right. playing the game. And, and talk about issues instead of cultural bullshit. Exactly yeah. fucking right. Yeah, yeah. So, and we're in, we're in a stronger position now. I want to underscore that. And uh, if, I, if there were any word to describe this administration, now or historically, I think it would have to be underrated. Yes, absolutely. And I, I think it's on all of us to fix that. Now, mm -hmm. I, I know you want a younger candidate, and I know a lot of you are not. Eh, he's not. As, I, I ran into a progressive the other day, a little left of us, Bob, who thought yeah. uh, Biden just, you know, his friends were saying, but Biden just not getting it done. You know, just, <laughs> oh, you know, oh, that, 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 that this was a time that calls for bold moves, and he wasn't making the bold moves. And I responded, I said, uh, leftists are always dissatisfied. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I said, I said, you know, it's I agree with you that we need younger leaders. Absolutely. No question about it. But uh, you're only hurting ourselves here and you're not being realistic about how government policy and public opinion work. Yeah. You know, it's it's one thing to see what we need. It's another thing to see what we're up against in doing that. So it's you can't just flip a switch mm -hmm. and, and make these things happen. It's a process. It's work. It takes time. And I think a lot of progressives on the far left don't understand that. But but that being said, uh, we're in a stronger position now to remind people of just how amazing the accomplishments of this administration are. So I think it's our job for now until that wonder candidate comes along. I think it's our job to shore up President Biden. And that bold moves thing, oh my yeah. God, where did whoever this was hear that and start to repeat it and why? Because that's, oh, that's, that's major horseshit. Bold moves, are you kidding me? Withdrawing from Afghanistan the way Joe Biden did was one of the boldest moves we've ever seen from a president and Joe Biden took a ton of shit for it, but we're True. no longer in overseas wars thanks to Joe Biden. You don't get right. uh, bolder than that. Plus he, he cut a, a bipartisan infrastructure Infrastructure deal that got yes. half Republican votes for fuck's sake. That's a pretty bold move. I mean, look, I think you underestimate Dark Brandon at your own peril. 
I'll be the first to admit, I think I talked about this last week at some point, I, I underestimated Joe Biden. I totally underestimated him going into 2020. It was late to 2019, and there was a story that came out where the headline was, Joe Biden's eyeball appears to fill with blood. And as soon as we saw that headline come up, we turned to each other and we're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Here we go. This is we're going to put this guy up against Donald Trump. We didn't see it. We didn't see the advantage that Jim Clyburn and many others saw in Joe Biden running against Donald Trump. We underestimated. I've been underestimating Joe Biden since 1988 when I first started getting into politics. So I, I think even after the midterms, even after this midterm, even after the August and September that Joe Biden had, people are still going, oh, I don't know. I'm so disappointed with what Joe Biden said. It's, Come it's, what you've on. Talked, it's what you've talked about before with Obama. Is, well, you know, I'm a little disappointed Ugh, in him. Bullshit. You know? Bullshit. You know, bullshit. F, F you. You know, I mean, <laughs> both presidents accomplished, uh, have accomplished amazing things. Mm -hmm. And to deny that, to pretend that it didn't happen, and then uh, have the audacity to say they need to make bold moves when, A, they already have, and, B, to a large extent, bold moves aren't possible in government because the wheels turn slowly. That's and right. That's, now that we so when you begin if more people and again this is education if more people understood how government actually works mm -hmm. we wouldn't have these dumb theories yeah and especially knowing that one of the reasons why joe biden is where he is right now with the successes that he has had is because one he's eminently trustworthy i think by and large people like even yeah. if they uh, vocally disagree with joe biden's policies i think they think of him as a decent guy who is trustworthy uh, joe yeah absolutely and so in that regard you know that's how you win elections you win elections by winning over swing voters who appreciate the stability and the normalcy of our elected leaders. I'm not talking about all swing voters, but enough. Remember, we're talking about an Arizona governor's race where basically it was Joe Biden and Donald Trump on the ballot. And the Democrat ended up squeaking by with 1% of the vote. And that's all you need to win elections now. That's all it takes. So in that regard, Joe Biden has been invaluable. Joe Biden's approach to all of this uh, can't be underestimated. It should not be underestimated, whether it's right now or in 2024. I think if Donald Trump ends up becoming the nominee of the Republican Party, Joe right. Biden's brain could be in a jar. I mean, it could be just like in The Simpsons where it's just the jar with the name on it or what is it? Uh, right. Young Frankenstein, I think, <laughs> I think they right. did something like that too. It could be Joe Biden's brain in a jar and it would be Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Don't mm -hmm. underestimate Joe Biden and what he's done and, and who he is. Uh, well, we don't, want to get, we don't want to get happy, as you like to say, no, uh, no. We, uh, uh, because we didn't think he was going to get elected the first time. And mm -hmm. again, uh, he failed at the popular vote, but, but the way our silly system is set up, he yeah. won on electoral college votes. Uh, and and uh, the other elections he's lost or, and, and has either lost or will lose. Uh, I, I agree with that, but don't underestimate the size of his crowd and right, don't underestimate right. the state of hypnosis they remain under.
Well, yeah, and the the crowd size. That's a that's another thing. I have a whole rant about the crowd sizes thing. Well, I, think I don't I don't just mean those who show up. I mean those. Oh, uh, I see. Among us on the streets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, we got lots more to talk about. I think uh, we're looking at the beginnings of a war here inside the Republican Party, whether it's inside the House yes. or on the primary battlefield moving corn. forward. Yeah, I got to talk mm-hmm. about uh, Andy Biggs and uh, and Kevin McCarthy and Matt Gates, and I'm going to do some trolling of the Republicans here in a second. <laughs> well, shocking that I would do that. Uh, plus, I want to talk about uh, the current status of Twitter and more of Elon Musk's fuckery. Got to talk about COVID here. Some COVID news that's uh, okay. important to get to. We may talk about that right out of the break. And then uh, Alex Jones and a whole lot more. So stick around, stick around, stick around. All right. All right. So I got some c- kind of crappy news this past uh, couple of weeks, which is that we, coming out of October, we had a record number of declines on our Patreon page. That's where people signed up on on Patreon, but for some reason, their form of payment was declined when Patreon went to charge everybody at the end of October. Well, as a consequence of that, we had like three times as many declines. So we lost a ton of patrons on our Patreon page at bobseskashow.com. See, I was afraid it was the dig up Ivana joke <laughs> that did it. I, but I'm yes, relieved. I'm, it's, I'm blaming it's you. A, <laughs> it's a clerical, it's a yeah. clerical problem. When in yeah. doubt, blame Buzz on everything. But, you know, it might be a tech technical problem. It might not. It might just be a fluke of the time of year or something like that, but who knows? So suffice to say, we need to kick it up a notch or two or five. We need like, I don't know, couple dozen new subscribers between now and the end of the month. Uh, so it's all hands on deck to make up for the several dozen lost patrons. And if you're not a subscriber already, go right now to bobseskashow.com. Sign up for as little as $1 a month. You're going to be supporting this completely independent podcast. And plus, for $5 subscribers and higher, we have all kinds of great bonus content exclusively for our Patreon members uh, Thursday on the Shadow Docket. We talked about times in which we almost killed a guy. Oh my! See, there's something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We talked about I, the times I paid we almost, for that. <laughs> yeah, we almost. We each had stories where we almost killed someone or ourselves. Wow. Yeah. So it was like near death experiences on uh, Thursday's Shadow well, Docket. See, you need to gift this if you know somebody who's not listening who should be listening. Yeah. Uh, a dollar a month or or whatever you know whatever yeah. subscription level you choose, uh, gift it to somebody or at least suggest that they sign up and that'll that'll fix everything. Absolutely. Again, BobSeskaShow.com. You can sign up there. Everything's ready and rolling for you. Uh, plus, you're going to gain access to the Patreon app and our comments under each episode, all kinds of fun stuff if you sign up. And of course, as always, we thank you. (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Bob Seska! these guys this is dress d-r-e-s underscore they're helping me make the underscore a cool thing to have in your name yeah and uh, by the way it's a song called circles yeah link in the description support dress and all the indie bands here on the show make sure to go to bobseska.com find the episode this episode dated 11 15 22 scroll on down and you'll find links to support dress yeah, bobseska.com slash music to uh, submit your work to the show. Thank you for doing that. I, I don't know if this is important, but I like to take you know keep the records. Yeah. Is it D-R-E-S underscore or is the S underscored? No, it's D-R-E-S underscore. So the first okay. one. Yeah, so there's an let, underscore. Let the record reflect that. All right, very good. <laughs> I just I got my fingers crossed that it's going to be the cool new thing to have that. Then my <laughs> handle on Twitter won't look so if stupid. It will, listen, if it will make you happy, I'll add it to mine. <laughs> you know what? I don't know what's more stupid in my handle on Twitter. <laughs> if it's the underscore or the fact that the underscore is followed by the word go for some reason. Dot I go. don't know. It, that's a thing the Japanese did for a while, isn't it? You know, something <laughs> yeah. dot go. Yeah, that's kind of it. I, I never thought of it that way. But yeah, I Disney think you're did right. it for a while. Disney did it for a while. Oh too. yeah, that's right. That's right. That was yeah. the name of a Disney Channel. It was yeah, yeah, Disney Go or whatever the hell it was. Right. All right. So uh, before we get back into the fallout from the midterms, et cetera, et cetera, hmm. I want to talk about this uh, latest couple of stories about COVID. First of all, the United States has continued its public health emergency due to COVID. The smart thing. They're going to do you this. know it. Yeah, until at least mid-January, it's going to stay in place. So that's all good. That came down from HHS uh, this past week. Uh, it makes perfect sense. I mean, our friend Kirk Acevedo and Kirsten Warren on Twitter. Uh, you know, Everyone knows uh, Kirk from uh, Oz and, uh, and a Band of Brothers and so many great movies. Same with Kirsten Warren, his wife. Well, they've all got COVID, and, and Kirk wow. is a really super healthy guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, always at the gym. He ran the New York Marathon recently, did really, really well wow. in that. And oh, he is completely late. I think he's got a 103-degree temperature, oh and uh, his um, I think his blood oxygen is super low, like yeah. getting to the point of being dangerously, like hospitalization low. Wow. So we're sending out uh, good vibes to uh, Kirk and Kirsten. As they Absolutely. battle COVID, so it's just, it's a, it's still around. By the way, it's I mean, st- still very real. And there, yeah. there have been other there have been other reports out in this past week, including one that says uh, they talked about uh, repeat infections that uh, they can that a repeat infection is more dangerous than the initial infection. Oh, God. And you know, there are people who now have been infected multiple times. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know what the record if there are any record setters out there, but it continues to circulate and it does strike again. And we now know that it gets worse each time. Also, we finally have enough data now to have had a study 
on long COVID and uh, the brain fog that you may have heard about. It's been associated with long COVID. Yep. Uh, people unable to access their memory, unable to access words at the moment they need them. You know, kind of like me on this show. <laughs> and me. Uh, I don't know how uh, that's different than what we already do, but okay. But but it is worse. And the, the effect <laughs> is uh, the dumbing down of a large portion of population. It doesn't yep. mean they're less intelligent, but they're less able to express themselves and less able to even grasp certain memories. So uh, this is this is something we're going to pay for. This is still a very serious disease you do not want to catch in the first yeah, place. Yeah. And that's the side Bob and I believe we have come down on. We don't think we have had it. I that's but I you I you know who knows. You, I don't yeah, think you don't I have. You, you don't know for yeah. sure. And I've never had symptoms. I've never tested positive. I've taken right, a bunch right. of tests thinking I may have had it, but I, it right. came up negative each time. The fact of the matter is is that and I have sometimes a difficult time explaining this to friends and family members who want to get together mm -hmm. and do things that because of the nature of the work that I do and the work that Kimberly does expressing herself communicating talking for a living extemporaneously and so on we need to have our cognition. <laughs> you know, we need yeah. to have all the marbles intact. It's all in our we brains. have. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And well, so you could be a strong man in a circus, but for the rest <laughs> of us, it's just all we have. Yeah, that's actually some great news. I never considered that. So I do have yeah. a fallback. Thank you. Second career. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, and that's the thing. And that's why we've been so cautious well beyond the done with COVID thing and that trend and why we continue to still hunkered. Obviously, I always talk about this. We're still, you know, maybe 75, 80% back to normal, but we still take certain cautions as far as continuing to mask up inside. Smart uh, ones do. Yeah. In, I mean, not inside. Inside our apartment, of course, but right. inside <laughs> department Public store, places. grocery stores, public yeah. places that are crowded, restaurants. Crowded so indoor spaces. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so we're still cautious in that sense. And I you know, I was in Gettysburg this past weekend and doing exactly that and getting the side eye from a lot of people. I, I think I was the only person that I saw in all of Gettysburg on Sunday who was still wearing a mask. I saw one woman walking down the street wearing a mask, so I take that back. But inside, I was certainly the only one. And it's just... I'm trying to protect my career. <laughs> That's right. ultimately and, what it and, comes down to. And members of your own family with yeah. whom you come in contact with, some some of whom are vulnerable. Oh so, yeah. That's a big you deal. Know, and, and and we we all have that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm I'm vulnerable. But yeah. uh, I, fortunately I you know, I continue to play it safe. Uh indoors. And it's this time of year, it's the cold time of year, getting colder, where uh, people are confined indoors. Uh, Thanksgiving is coming, by the way. Sorry to bring you this news. I wish I'd had it last week. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this 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 past week uh, was the deadline for getting uh, vaccinated in time to protect uh, you and your family at Thanksgiving. Oh, so okay. that the Thanksgiving be safe at Thanksgiving deadline for the vaccination, yeah. but it's never too late to get it. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and and uh, influenza is at a record high this this season. So there's just a lot of bad crap out there. Uh, the influenza can kill you. The COVID can kill you. Why screw around with that, yeah. uh, especially now that we're all confined indoors and this is the time of year for that kind of thing? And once and for all, masks work. Mask mandates Thank work. You. We have Thank another you. study out of Boston. A research paper details a so-called natural experiment that occurred when all but two school districts in the greater Boston area lifted mask requirements in the spring. Researchers took that opportunity to make a direct comparison of the spread of COVID in masking and non-masking schools. The bottom line, this is from the New York Times, by the way, 
Masking mandates were linked with significantly reduced numbers of COVID cases in schools. Duh. And by the way, I added the duh. That wasn't in the New York Times. Okay. Okay. Yeah, just to be clear about that. I'm surprised. Infection rates were lower among masked students, even in Boston's public schools, where many buildings are old and lack good ventilation systems. Classrooms are crowded and students are more often from at-risk communities than among unmasked students attending newer schools in communities like Cambridge and Newton. The study by scientists at Harvard's T.H. Chan School of Public Health and Massachusetts General Hospital, the Boston University School of Public Health, Boston's Public Health Commission, you know, those libtards, right? Uh, That was published on Wednesday of last week in the New England Journal of Medicine. Oh, that, that liberal rag. Um, But this is verification. I mean, I know there was a story going around, whatever it was, a year ago saying, ah, you know what, mask mandates don't work. You know what? Yes, they do. Yes, they absolutely do. It's common sense. If mask mandates didn't work, then I assure you surgeons wouldn't be wearing them as they're slicing you open. The very fact that we even have to talk about this, the very fact that at the beginning of the thing we had to tell grown-ups that they needed to wash their hands and how right. to wash, how specifically to wash their hands. It's a little song, remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And now, based on what you were just saying... <laughs> It's only going to get worse as people, uh, you know, get uh, brain fog and all the rest of it. Uh, now, about that study, it occurs to me that the T.H. Chen University, that would be THC University, I believe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, my, and I my have to ask you, the schools, the, schools they, the schools they studied, were these schools with or without the kitty litter? That's what we need to know <laughs> to really verify these studies. But no, it's true. Uh, we have fun when we have a chance to. Yeah, uh, this yeah. is uh, very serious, and, and in fact, deadly so. And, uh, they're saying that these repeat infections get deadlier as yeah, time goes yeah. on. So uh, continue to be reasonably fearful of uh, COVID as you would be a bus hurtling down the street. <laughs> exactly right. Well, Elon Musk continues his fuckery at uh, Twitter. I, actually, you know what? I'm jumping ahead of myself because I wanted to get back into the midterms a little bit before we get oh, to yes, Elon please. Musk. So, Yeah, are you going to cover Kevin McCarthy and Lord of the Flies Oh, God, yes. Insurrectionist Andy Biggs said he plans to challenge Kevin McCarthy for the speakership. This will be this will be fun, 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 fun. Yes, indeed. So that's actually happening. He announced that, I think, uh, yesterday it was. Uh, He's ultimately not going to succeed. But the fact that he's stirring shit up already, that he's dividing the Republican Party in the House, is all great news. See, here's the hilarity. Not only will they have a razor-thin majority in the House, uh, but he's got this opposition. He's got these hillbillies, these rednecks, uh, like Andy Biggs that he's got to deal with, and and all the others. You know the usual suspects. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's up against those because he's trying to, you know, find a balance between them and sanity, and I I don't know that such a balance exists. So I think he's probably doomed to failure. Uh, This is, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give this job to anybody to be Republican leader in the House at this point. No way. I know uh, Ruben Gallego was having some fun the other day talking about how if Kevin McCarthy wants to uh, get someone elected to the speakership who's not one of the rodeo clown caucus, Mm -hmm. he could always join with Democrats by Mm -hmm. nominating Liz Cheney to be Speaker of the House. There's increasing evidence. She would get Democratic votes, right? 
Yeah, and there's increasing evidence that Republicans are not only have been invited, but are going to have to work with Democrats yep. or or be discounted completely by the American public. <laughs> I'm mainlighting uh, popcorn right about now. Because, exactly. Yeah, Matt Gates is a no on McCarthy, by the way. He said, uh, I'm making my announcement, which is that I'm not voting for Kevin McCarthy. I'm not voting for him tomorrow. I'm not voting for him on the floor. And I am certain that there is a critical mass of people who hold my precise view. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. This it's is going to so, be fun, fun, yeah. fun. So Kevin McCarthy, razor-thin majority and opposition all at the same time. Good luck, Kev. Yeah. And by the way, time to troll some Republicans here. I'm saying this purely for any Republican trolls who might be monitoring the show right now. The RNC contributed about $8.4 million directly. And this is uh, according to some accounting at the end of October. So it may have changed a little bit. But the RNC contributed about $8.4 million so far directly to Republican campaigns and campaign committees while devoting $7 million to Donald Trump's lawyers and another $2 million to nonprofits which employ former members of Trump's administration, including former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. Now, here's the trolling part. Imagine if that $7 million had gone to midterm candidates, Republican candidates. Imagine how much good that would have done for you Republicans. But instead, they went to Donald Trump's legal fees. Donald Trump, who doesn't give a shit. Donald Trump, who's fine to take all of that money. He's fine committing more crimes. He's fine exacerbating the process, you know, making sure that his lawyers are even more enriched than they already are. So this is money coming out of your pockets, Republicans, right into the pockets of Donald Trump's lawyers because he's so immensely irresponsible and reckless. That and all is, this, yeah, all this for a guy who may not even be a Republican after tonight. <laughs> Exactly right. Right. I mean, there is a very real possibility that he could end up running as, and maybe not tonight, maybe a year from now, maybe after he loses Iowa and the then New life. Hampshire. Yeah, maybe then he forms the MAGA party and splits the Republican vote in time for 2024. That's all good, and that's all well within the realm of possibility. We have to count on that as being a real thing that could happen on the Republican side. And I'm so there for it. Okay. Back to Elon Musk. I was talking about Elon Musk a second ago. We were about to, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, before we talk about specific Elon things, I have, uh -huh. uh, as a public service, I have an explanation in terms of how you use Mastodon. Have you tried to sign oh. up at Mastodon? There's a lot of confusion. About, it's tricky. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Signing up for Mastodon is difficult because you have to choose a server and you don't know which server to choose. There's no rhyme or reason for why you would serve or choose one server after another. Uh, um, but I have here, I have the founder of Mastodon explaining how the server situation works. Let's <laughs> listen, listen to a little bit of that. Okay. Let me walk you through our Donnelly nut spacing and crack system rim riding grip configuration. <laughs> Using a field of half C sprats and brass-fitted nickel slits yep. are bracketed caps yep. and splay-flexed brace columns Perfect. vent dampers to dampening hatch depths of one-half meter from the damper crown to the spur of plinth. Yeah. How? Well, we bolster 12 husk nuts to each girdle jerry. Yeah. While flex tandems press a task apparatus of 10 vertically composited 
patch handlers. <laughs> then so pin flam fasten pan traps at both maiden apexes of the gym joints. Easy peasy, right? I, I'm yeah. totally enlightened and, now about how to use Mastodon. And now you're in, yeah. <laughs> now I've successfully signed up. I've chosen well, my server. I chose newsy.social uh, because it, it was attracting journalists, mm -hmm. and I thought, well, that's probably where I want to be. Yeah. And also because you you have to be cleared. You have to be okayed to get in. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, somebody, I don't know who, but somebody I apparently have decided to trust uh, decides who gets in, and, and they let me in. So I like the club because they let me in. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's where I am. I know uh, there are various servers, and some of them require sort of a kind of verification, and some of them do not. Right. Uh, it's fascinating because as we look at some of these potential alternatives to Twitter, uh -huh. I know, I think Rick Wilson was teasing one called Resolute today. Right, right. But the thing is, any replacement of Twitter can't just be those of us who follow politics or who are anti-Trump or where, however you want to identify this group of normals that we formed over the past seven years. I mean, it, th that is obviously a valuable audience, but a replacement for Twitter has got to include all varieties of people. I mean, it has to have room for pop culture Twitter users and, and mm. people who don't talk about politics and normals and people who just post uh, pictures seen, of their children and pictures I've of their that. food and so on. That I've has to that be- Mastodon. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. think Mastodon has that, Counter Social has that, but I'm seeing some pop up with just like, okay, well, this is where you go if you're an anti-Trump person. And right. that's, that's gonna have Not a gonna limited audience. Us. That's just gonna be yeah, an echo chamber, just like, mm -hmm. what is it called, Troth Central is an echo Troth, chamber? Troth, Troth, Central. Troth Central. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. It's gonna be like a, a normal version of that. Unless a closed you're, loop. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You gotta go I, for I, a broader audience. I have this sort of belief and hope that Twitter will survive without Elon Musk. That, yeah. that some at some point he will fall by the wayside. But the structure is already there, and all of us are already on it for the most part. Mm -hmm. And so I, I feel like it, it may have a life of its own that may carry it well past Elon Trump, and that's kind of what I, I'm hoping happens. But in the meantime, I'm on newsy.social. <laughs> so. I love that you just called him Elon Trump. Because, oh, did I? Yes, you did. And that's, they are the same guy. Yeah. It's totally appropriate. You should have just said, well, I meant to do that because it's completely appropriate that he's Elon. I meant because to do that. he's like, because I've been referring to him at least off the air around the house here. I've been calling him mm -hmm. uh, Tech Trump because yeah. that's what he is. He's just as erratic as Trump. He's just mm -hmm. as up his own ass as Trump uh -huh. is. Uh -huh. He's just as destructive as Trump. He trolls yep. just like Trump. He's a narcissist. They're very much alike. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Elon Trump is a great... I didn't even realize I said that. You see, and I haven't even had COVID, so... <laughs> well, here's a great exchange. I think this says it all about the verification process that Elon Musk has continued to fumble. There was an account that got verified just called Christmas. That's uh -huh. the name of the account, just called Christmas. With a little... Sounds innocent. <laughs> yes, as if you could verify the identity of Christmas. Right. Well, this Christmas account tweeted, I don't want to be Christmas forever, Elon Musk. Please help. I've made a mistake. I think this is in regard to uh, the fact that Elon Musk said you're no longer allowed to change your name. Oh, I and see. so the Christmas <laughs> Twitter account is concerned that they may end up being Christmas forever. <laughs> and then they tag Elon Musk and ask for help. Please, please help. I've made a mistake. And then Elon <laughs> Musk replies. 
you know, as as the richest man in the world normally would, of course. Right. Drops everything to answer this. To respond to the at Christmas account and Uh says, oh, you should be able to change your name now. And then the reply from the same account. Right. (laughs) Changed their name to Elon Musk and then said, thank you. Ah, perfect. Oh, that's great. I love that. I love it. I love it. And then. What a palooka. I want to leave uh, the Twitter conversation on this note. Uh, The great Stone Kettle on Twitter, one Uh of my favorite Uh uh, people to follow on Twitter, wrote this about the platform. And I got to say, I 1000% agree with this sentiment. He said, Twitter is important to you. If you could give it up, you would have already. You don't have to be ashamed of that. It's how you learn stuff. It's your voice, how you meet people you never would otherwise. You can can be sad Musk is destroying something important to you. It's okay. I thought that was a great way to kind of sum it up. I agree completely. Even before Elon Musk, there was this thing about Twitter where we all kind of said it with an eye roll. Oh, yeah, I read that on Twitter, eye roll. And it was always like this kind of semi-punchline in spite of the fact that, at least speaking for myself, I'm there all the time. I'm there. The first place I check in the morning and the last place I check at night is Twitter. I'm there during the day. I'm one of those so-called heavy users of Twitter. And at the same time, I found myself going, oh, yeah, fuck Twitter. I mean, Twitter, what a crazy place Twitter is. Well, yeah. Yeah, but we love it. We love it. And we are afraid to be. I do. Yeah. I do. Uh, Well, I'm not. No, I'll I'll tell you I love it. And that's part of the reason that I hope and kind of believe that it it will have a life of its own and that it will survive uh, Elon Musk or not. I was skeptical at first because I heard uh, at the beginning, and I was just—I was only on Facebook. You were probably, I think, you were already on Twitter. Yeah. I was behind you, but still not too far. I've been with them for—I don't know, what's it, nine years now or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but at first, I was skeptical. I was hearing people say, "Oh yeah, I got I got all my news from Twitter," or young people are getting all their news from. And I thought, "Oh my God, it's the end of the world." Yeah. Well, the the truth is, for the discerning mind. Uh, for the critical mind, it's an excellent source of breaking news and, and in-depth news coverage if you know what to look at and what to ignore. Right. And uh, so I was I came into it skeptically as a, as a place for news and found myself finding news on there. Yeah, I think one of the great phenomenons since uh, Elon Musk took over is people realizing how much they really do actually appreciate Twitter. When it Mm -hmm. seems like it's going to get taken away, you start to recognize the value of it. And in a world in which we still value community, but where there's a lot less physical community. We don't go to right. shopping malls as much right. anymore. Right. We don't we don't meet up in the town square and do things uh, collectively, certainly not since the pandemic uh, and other factors in that, politics and so on. So the fact that we all gather on Twitter and we all have our cultivated groups of people that we interact with, I think that's a valuable thing. Yeah. Just from a basic biology evolution, evolutionary point of view. I think we just, we appreciate that. I don't think it's delusional. I feel like I have real friends. Me too. I mean, there are names and faces that I've known for years and they've been with me all this time through thick and thin when they had the option to bail at any number of points and they didn't. Mm -hmm. They stayed with me and that is so meaningful to me and I know those names and faces on Facebook and Twitter and and now seeing familiar names and and faces and friends on on Mastodon as well. Uh, That community is meaningful to me 
We have friends, we have allies, and I, I view them as a different kind of friend, but I view them as very real friends. Yeah, yeah. And the tragedy is that Elon Musk has taken these communities that we've built and, it, yeah. Yeah, and turned it into his own uh, personal homepage. He's turned it right. into his own discussion forum where he appears to be personally administrating the thing, you know, the determining minute- what's uh, what's punishable and what's not punishable just randomly, day to day, things change. It's very unstable and very uh, off-putting and makes you feel a little bit unsecure. Like, you know, it was just like during the Trump administration, during the Trump presidency, where I was comparing it to always like leaning too far back in your chair and almost right, falling right. over backwards. Yeah. It's exactly what it's like on Twitter right now, thanks to Elon <laughs> Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's the name of today's show. I think it, I I think it absolutely is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, I already yeah. thought about writing that down during the break. <laughs> that seems um, fitting. Yeah. Yeah, I, as soon as, I just want to say, as soon yeah. as uh, Elon took over, uh, like the first tweet I saw from him when he uh, took over Twitter, that's when I muted and blocked him. And and I <laughs> muted move. and blocked everything about Elon Musk, uh, not by our friends, but uh, corporate things, ads that mention or include or promote Elon Musk in any way or Tesla in any way. Yeah. Block, mute, block, mute, block, mute, block. Yeah. Uh, so he doesn't even exist in my part of Twitter. <laughs> He's such a nitwit. Just, yeah. I, I can't even believe it. it. Just really underscoring the fact that you could have the most money in the entire world yeah. and still be a raging nincompoop. That's the lesson, I think, that we're all taking away from this experience, uh, among many others. That could bring us, if you want to mention it at some point, uh, that could bring us to, what the hell is Jeff Bezos up to? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a whole separate thing. At least, you know what, at least charity is involved. You know, he's firing 11,000 people, but there's charity involved somehow. Right, right. yeah, it's hard to to pin him down. He's flying in both directions at once. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe use some of that money he's going to give to charity to make sure all those 11,000 people can get a paycheck going into that the holidays. That was my first thought. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Wow. So these, anyway. these goddamn billionaires. You know, oh, I'm not even going to say it. You know, you I almost said Bernie it. Sanders might have been on to something. <laughs> no, no, careful. Now you've gone too uh, Now far. I'm doomed. I'm fucked. Youth, youth wasted on the young, money wasted on the rich. Absolutely. Okay, uh, let's see here. I want to talk about Alex Jones here uh, because this got lost in the memory hole of the Kinda, past yeah. uh, week and a half or so. Uh, but there's news on the Sandy Hook front, and it's very, very good news as far as good. justice goes. So we're going to talk good. about that. Maybe a little bit about this Washington Post piece about Trump being motivated by ego, and that's yes, why please. he took the documents. And uh, whatever else we can fit into the remainder of today's uh, free show. All right, uh, one last break. Back with more show right after this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. (sighs) The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Bob Seska plays more. 
trucks. Well, I've been twisting his play, pissed and dismayed. Ain't got no idea, but bound by fate. Is it slipping away? National treasure, Brad Brooks. I should have said that. You got to go download all of this guy's music. Some great, great goddamn music from Brad Brooks. This single we played before, it's called Calling Everyone. Yeah. Yeah, it's great roll down the window kind of music. Yeah. Great party music. Amen. Yeah. Makes you feel really good. BobSeska.com. Click on the link for this episode. Scroll down in the description and you'll find links to support Brad Brooks and dress for that matter. Yep. BobSuska.com slash music to submit. Okay. Let's see. Uh, Alex Jones. Oh, this is great news. I love this news. It is. It's huge. Alex Jones has to pay another ha, $473 million in punitive damages. Punitive damages. Yes, I fucking love this. Punitive damages. This is uh, on top of the nearly billion dollars that he's had to pay in compensatory damages. This is just in that one Connecticut lawsuit by the Sandy Hook families and an FBI agent and so on suing uh, Alex Jones. Now that brings the grand total in just that one case to nearly $1.5 billion. So thanks to the punitive damages, damages. Alex Jones is totally screwed. Plus, plus... There's one more case, one more damages trial that he faces this coming up month in December. So Merry Christmas, Alex Jones, and go f yourself. Don't don't yeah don't put the cash register away just <laughs> right. yet because he's he's not done. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a one and a half billion dollars and rising. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it I don't know if it'll put him out of business or not, but it certainly is punitive. It certainly is uh, punishment for the terrible things he said and did. Yeah, and, yeah, and caused. And they're all if they're not acknowledging it on some level, they have to at least internally realize. That being an asshole, being a disinformation propagandist is massively backfiring. Whether it's cases like this, where people like Alex Jones are going to have to pay the Sandy Hook families dollar mm-hmm. one of every dollar that he earns. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if it's Donald Trump, or if it's the outcome of the midterms, playing with this awful, awful propaganda that has changed the state of mind of an entire country, which is what it's done. I mean, political consultants, Republican political consultants over the, especially the past 20 years, if not the past 50 years, finally, they've reached this point where they were able to change the state of mind of half the country. And now people are beginning to realize, oh shit, (laughs) there's this monster. And, uh, of course, they're getting the wrong idea. They're thinking that it's just about Donald Trump, that it's not about Trump and Trumpism. They think it's just, okay, if we distance ourselves from the guy, then maybe that'll be better. But it's not going to be better. It's the attitude. It's the idea. It's the the nonsense that Alex Jones keeps playing with and Roger Stone and Charlie Kirk and Jack Posobiec and Steve Bannon and all the same guys that can do Candace Owens and so on, Ben Shapiro and Bongino and... 
Good God. I could do the whole thing. I could look into my magic mirror and see all the a-holes. Right? So in short, we feared the disinformation that was out there <laughs> yeah. and what it and what it might cause. Yes. But it but in the end, it didn't work. Nope, it didn't. It absolutely that's, did not. That's what saved us. Yes, yes. And by the way, I'm not buying this Washington Post piece about uh, there were some uh, federal agents and prosecutors as sources for this piece, and they told the Washington Post that Trump is likely motivated by ego, and that's why he took those classified documents and hid them in Mar-a-Lago and then tried to move them all around and risk going to federal prison because mine, mine, mine? Is that what we're to understand because of this? I mean... Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm not buying this, uh, especially the, the press account of this. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't doubt that ego applies to some of those documents. Mm -hmm. But some of the Russia-related documents, that's not why he has no, them. No, no. Uh, but, but we're hearing that some prosecutors don't believe he intended to extort uh, the United States government into not prosecuting him by withholding these classified documents about other nations' nuclear secrets. So they, they don't think there was that kind of nefarious uh, thing afoot. And they, and they didn't think he was necessarily doing it for profit to sell them somehow or to profit off of them somehow. Uh, they, but what they're trying to tell us is, no, the only reason that he had these documents was ego. No, ego was one of the reasons. Yeah. And and the fear on, on the part of a lot of progressives, and it's completely justified, Yeah, the fear... The fear here is that this will soften his motive. They make well. He's he just wanted you know the keepsakes. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, uh, and 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 that minimizes the crime of stealing classified, highly, highly, highly classified documents. And don't forget the fact that there are still many Trump loyalists inside the Department of Justice. This right. is a story that we've been reading and hearing about for some time now, certainly discussing it here on this show and, and, and on other shows, that there are quite a few people inside the intelligence community, certainly inside the FBI, who like Donald Trump and want to see right. Donald Trump become president again. And it's very likely that they're trying to dull the blade of this investigation by saying, right. oh, yeah, he's just like he's really into the like what Jesse Waters said right after the raid at Mar-a-Lago. Oh, he's just a mementos guy. He just likes the tchotchkes. That's what he's all into, and that's why he did all of this. No, 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 no. Everything that we know about Donald Trump going back 50 years is that he is 1,000% transactional. He never does a goddamn thing unless he sees a direct benefit to him personally, whether it's his power or his wealth. Uh, and then you secondarily, bleh, sorry, I almost barfed a little bit. I also was going to say <laughs> sex. I mean, that's obviously part of it. Uh, control over his enemies, control over his allies. I mean, I think this is really... Uh, primarily about um, having blackmail material, having compromise, having a suicide switch, having a dead man switch available to right. him. You remember he just threatened Ron DeSantis this week with yes. uh, personal scandalous information that, yep. that he uh, claims to have. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the Donald Trump we know. <laughs> I, I write off, and I think ultimately it will be written off, I write off this press account as uh, unwitting Trump PR uh, on the part of the news outlet that published it, uh, and and I think, as you said, loyalists within the FBI and DOJ uh, fed this information to the paper uh, for for the purpose of uh, Trump PR to try to soften the crime. Yeah. But in the end, 
in the end, I don't think it will matter. In the end, the crime is the crime, and I think that's, uh, I hope and believe that that's where things will come down. By the way, uh, just a real quick note. I'm noticing this coming down on Twitter just uh-huh. now, uh, uh-huh. back on the Elon Musk front. This guy, Mike Solana, uh, just tweeted uh, about an hour ago. After 10 years of relentless work adding an additional 140 characters to tweets, I was fired last night from Twitter after calling my literal boss a, quote, cock-smoking lunatic Nazi, unquote. (laughs) Shocked and saddened it has come to this. And then Elon Musk replied to that, the injustice of it all, and then two crying emojis. So, fuck (laughs) him. Jeez, what an ass. That is so completely a Donald Trump reply isn't it yeah sad it low energy he might as well have added to that that's your elon trump for you yeah 100 <laughs> percent. so yeah back to this washington post piece um it's possible they added additional information could emerge that changes investigators understanding of trump's motivations so that's a little bit of mitigating uh, information in, the, in this piece. Plus, the analysis of Trump's likely motive in allegedly keeping the documents is not, strictly speaking, an element of determining whether he or anyone around him committed a crime or should be charged with one. So they're making sure to emphasize that even if his motive was purely ego, which is just such a long shot to me, Still seems like agitprop to me, but even if it is that... It's not going to prevent him from being charged. If, it's if still a crime. Yeah. And like yeah. I said, in the end, the crime is the crime, and I think that's where justice will come down. Yeah. And that this is just a, a piece to try to soften our hearts uh, toward the man yeah. uh, as all of this approaches. And bear in mind that the 2022 midterms won't be over until after the special election in Georgia. I'm and just saying, those 6, of you right. yeah, yeah, expecting some sort of indictment to come down now, unlikely. Unlikely until after the results yeah. of the um, Georgia runoff are unfor- announced. Unfortunately, I, I try to look at the bright side. Maybe it'll be a nice Christmas present for Trump. <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas and go F yourself. Exactly. Donald. Uh, let's see what else. One last thing here. Judge Ergeron, who sounds like, it sounds like a Star Trek character, by the way. Judge Ergeron. It sounds like a, like a Klingon judge, like Judge Galron. Uh-huh. Officially appointed Trump's babysitter this week. A state judge yeah. has appointed retired federal judge Barbara Jones to oversee the Trump organization and make sure it doesn't divert funds to avoid the New York AG. She was previously the special master overseeing FBI searches of Michael Cohen and Rudy Giuliani. So she now has the unenviable position of babysitting Donald Trump to make sure that he doesn't hide his when, assets. When when the, the New York AG, uh, when Letitia James filed that lawsuit, yeah. uh, the first thing Trump did was set up a second company, another company, <laughs> and began funneling money to it. And the, the AG went running to the judge, rightfully so, and said, hey, look what he's doing over here. Yeah. And that's when the judge said, okay, we're going we're gonna to keep an eye on this and, and make sure all the money stays together. So, and, and that puts a stop to that. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, that's why there's a babysitter is because the first thing he did when he was sued by the attorney general is set up another company and start funneling money to it to try to protect that money from any uh, penalties. He knows he's facing yeah. in the New York AG's suit. Dumbest crook in the history of dumb crooks. It's pretty dumb. And he the dumbest thing... Away. And the dumbest thing will be tonight when he uh, announces his candidacy. Yes. Oh, my God. Please let it be a third party. I mean, that is... <laughs> you, you have to wonder, if he does that, 
if he's not some sort of sleeper agent for the Democrats. I mean, I, I, and I, I realize, yes, don't get happy, Bob. I, I, I understand my own little maxim, especially when it comes to Donald Trump. But we're talking about a whole new paradigm now where there is a new heir apparent. There is someone else that they can latch their love to, their lust for owning the libs and all the rest of it. It's all being now superimposed onto Ron DeSantis. Poorly, I think they're making a bad choice. I think... I think there's still the possibility that at the end of the day, they end up nominating a woman because they see the fact that the Democrats are dominating with single women. And so they'll say, hey, let's get in on that. Let's, oh, have, a, I hope let's have a token oh, woman in this. I, I hope it's Carrie Lake. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's one of the three that I was predicting. Right, Either right. Carrie Lake, Christy Nome, or Nikki Haley. So this way they can say, well, look, they believe in the MAGA agenda. But at the same time, they may win over some of those single women. But that's not going to happen. doesn't matter. Even if they select a token woman to be the top of the ticket at the end of the primary process, it's not going to change the minds of these single women who have had their human rights taken away, their body autonomy stripped from them because of Republican zealotry, but because of minority rule. That's exactly why so many women came out. And Jesse Waters' first instinct was to say, maybe a bunch of women ought to get married off, huh? How about that? Find yourself a man. You're not helping yourselves. I mean, I'm not paid (laughs) to help you people, but if you want my advice, uh, stop being assholes. (laughs) Don't be an asshole. That should be the order of the day. A lot of 20-year-old men went, yeah, when he said that. But uh, the women, not so much. All right, the Shatter Docket's coming up next. Lots more to talk about here uh, coming up on our Patreon page. And, and Buzz has popped open a drink. I think he's ready yes, to roll. That's right, yeah. I'm ready for the uh, ready for the Shadow Docket. You got a can of Schlitz there? Is that what that is? Yeah, that's right. Well, when you say <laughs> Bud. <laughs> All right. BobSeskaShow.com. Sign up for $5 a month, and you can continue listening to the show. Meantime, we have uh, full-length tracks from both of the indie bands that we played here on today's show coming up for our free show listeners. See you on the Shadow Docket. Bye-bye.
Show. Well, I've been twisting me 